When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Baseball's been played for more than a century and a half. And part of its beauty... It's enduring beauty, and I'm talking about the sport now, not the messed up league, is that no matter how much of it you've seen, you can always see something that you'd never seen before. Good morning to you. Good Friday morning. I'm Dayan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Pirates. It comes your way bright and early every weekday. If you're into football and or hockey, I also offer Daily Shots of Steelers and Penguins, where you found this. Pirates 4, Cubs 3, the unquestioned stars of this particular evening for the visitors in Chicago with a bullpen, and then more bullpen, and then more bullpen after that. Will Crow, Dylan Peters, David Bednar, Chris Stratton, boom, 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 boom. Bednar coming in to face Seiya Suzuki with a man on third and two outs. Comes in an inning and early just pumps three heaters by him. Just blows them past him. Then pitches a clean eighth. And then Stratton on for the ninth and the save. And those guys have been every bit as good as the rotation including again on this night, unfortunately, and Bryce Wilson has been bad. What am I missing? Daniel Vogel back with a home run that gave the Pirates life after falling behind 3-0. Yoshi Tetsugo with a big, big hit that brought in two. And here I am. I'm going to talk about a play that didn't factor into the final score at all. Didn't even produce a run. But it was way too smart, way too uh, ambitious and yet calculated for me to not invest an entire segment of an episode on it. And that, of course, if you watch the game, was Brian Reynolds' triple. The reason I feel this strongly about it, meaning investing this segment, for what little that's worth, is everyone murdered this franchise over the Will Craig screw-up last summer. It was relentless, and it was all attached to the Pirates. It wasn't that Craig had done something 
really, really baseball dumb, which he did and acknowledged, it's that he was playing for the Pirates. So it became this whole, you know, play yakety sacks in the background meme that people everywhere who enjoy hating the Pirates, including, oddly enough, locally, just, they ran to it. They, they, they flooded to it, completely ignoring any and all actual context that could be backed statistically that the Pirates were one of the best defensive teams in the majors and, in fact, were tied for the major league lead in fielding percentage. They were actually very good, fundamentally. For losing 101 games, they were through the roof good, fundamentally. It was one of the few things they did really well. So here, this is this is balance. People always say they want balanced reporting. This is balance. It's coming right here. This portion of Daily Shot of Pirates is brought to you by our friends at North Shore Tavern. That's directly across Federal Street from PNC Park. It's home of Steak on a Stone, an eating experience, underscoring the word experience. The steak is brought to you partially cooked on an 800-degree stone and you do the rest. It's a ton of fun, it's a great meal, and it's a baseball atmosphere like no other in Pittsburgh. North Shore Tavern, right across Federal Street from PNC Park. There wasn't much to the play. There wasn't uh, multiple layers to this thing. Reynolds dropped a 49.9 mile an hour double, should have been a double, over the third baseman's head. The third baseman runs backward and thus abandons third base. The Cubs had two people standing at second base. And Reynolds, as he circled first, was going full blast. Why? Because earlier in the game, when Hoy Park was in a similar situation, Park slid and blew his opportunity to take an extra bag. This, of course, was noticed by everybody in the visiting dugout, including by Reynolds. But still, the situation itself of hitting a baseball where the third baseman has to significantly abandon his position is rare enough that you can't even necessarily credit that for anything more than being somewhere in the back of his mind. So what Reynolds does, he rounds first, blows through second, blows through the two Cubs there. By the time the Cubs figure it out and they start chasing Reynolds, he's got the beat on them and Dude can run a little bit, and he goes diving headfirst into third base where there was no third baseman. Now, listen to Reynolds and his explanation to reporters at Wrigley Field last night. I mean, rounding first, kind of glanced up, and nobody's over there, and I just you know, figured I'd beat him to third. Did you see the so again trying to get in your mind as you're rounding? So you see him at first base. What do you see? Do you see the ball coming in the second and say, okay, I'm going for it? Well, I saw a third baseman out in the ball. And then I saw uh, two guys at second. I guess the third. 
See, his explanation makes it so much clearer that this was spontaneous. This was read and react from the moment the ball is off his bat. He knows the third baseman has to go out. Is he thinking about it? No, he's running like a madman. But it's up there somewhere. As he's heading towards second, as you heard him say, he sees not one but two Cubs. Well, logic would dictate that those would be the two middle infielders, right? Second baseman and shortstop. Is he analyzing this? Is he trying to do some like drone level perspective on the field to see where the Cubs are? No, he's running like a madman. So once he fires through, he knows and recognizes instantly that all he's got to do is to beat that third baseman to the bag. The guys behind him aren't going to catch him. He's an athlete. He was going to have to size up, and again, this was all in the same fell swoop that he'd have to beat the third baseman, which he did rather easily. Why didn't the Cubs cover the bag? Where was Wilson Contreras? Did he fall asleep somewhere? What about the pitcher? You know what? Not my problem. Not the Pirates' problem. That's David Ross's problem. This, from the Pittsburgh perspective, no matter how badly the Cubs bungled to do this, not just once, but twice in the same game, takes not a thing away from Reynolds making what really ought to be considered a candidate for play of the year in the sport at season's end. And you know what? It won't be. Because for some odd reason, an individual play, whether it's good or bad, gets attached to the team, even when it's not reflective, meaning either the good or the bad. What a player. What a player this is. When we come back, just one question. Today's J1Q comes from Jeremy Morrison, who asks, Starting pitching hasn't been good, and Will Crow has been lights out. Seems like the right thing to do is to move Crow and have him start, but is it really the right move? He's thriving in this relief role, and could he be more valuable by staying in the pen? Well, this is tough, and I thought about this a lot in Milwaukee. I did not bring it up with Crow because I'm not sure he'd have an answer for it anyway. He is really enjoying himself. He is living large, and you would too if you had faced 39 major league batters. And only four of them had gotten hits off you, and all four were singles. He is strutting. In fact, he is literally strutting. If you saw him after that last K last night, taking that extra walk behind the back of the mound, there's an attitude there. Um, this 
team could use some of that. You might recall I talked about that back in spring training. And Crow was one of those guys who down in Bradenton kept telling me, I'm I'm coming. I feel this. I feel really, really good about this. I worked slow last year. Now I'm working fast. I didn't use my change up enough last year. Now it's really getting me outs. And what do you know? All of this has come to pass. You know, all the times you roll your eyes when you read stuff or hear stuff from spring training and go, oh, give me a break. All these guys said, sometimes it actually comes true. Here's some of what Crow had to say last night in Chicago. And I'll advise you again to listen to the intonation in his voice. Yeah, I think, um, you know, last year uh, I, I pitched differently because I was not as confident. And this year it's more of a, uh, I'm going to go after guys and throw my stuff and let it play in the zone and whatever happens, happens. Instead of trying to pick and nibble and, you know, try and make everything perfect. So um, me being confident in myself and my stuff is just what I'm trying to do this year. And it's, so far it's very confident. You hear that? Yeah, that's that's nice. And to what you're asking there, Jeremy, I'm... I'm not ready to do that. And at the same time, I am ready to do that because then I watch Price Wilson pitch. You know, it's a total tooth pull. Every time this guy takes the mound, he's a—he's just begging to come out after three and a third. And as wonderful as it was for the Pirates to get six innings of superlative relief, that is not a formula no matter how you align your pitching staff. So you're going to have to come up with answers for starters in one form or other. And I brought this up with Derek Shelton in Milwaukee, and you know he came back with something about using openers again and uh, Sam Howard and this and that. And I'm sorry. I mean, I know what that's supposed to be all about. Somebody puts their lineup together a certain way. Sam Howard is a lefty, and then what do you know? In the next inning, you've got a right-hander comes out and all the advantage is taken away. Yippee, great. No one's going to fall for that. No one. They're still going to line up against whichever actual starter you have going that night, and it's still going to go just as badly. So, yes, do I want to see... The better starters do the actual starting, of course, but I'm not prepared to make Will Crow anything near unsettled at the moment. And by the way, the same goes for Dylan Peters, who's been almost as good from the left side. So if you want to start getting a little bit ambitious in terms of making this move, maybe Peters is the first guy that you put up there, and then you send Bryce Wilson right out to the bullpen. And then, like, I don't know, lock the door or something. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everyone listening to Daily Shot of Pirates today and all week long. And we'll do another one back here on Monday. 